Hello, and welcome to episode one of Nuevo Healthcare Network, a place for discussing healthcare issues in New Mexico. For this episode, I sat down with Dr. Mario Pacheco, a family practice physician who works out of Powake, New Mexico, which is a small town about 20 minutes north of Santa Fe. Dr. Pacheco graduated from UNM School of Medicine in 1986, completed a residency in family medicine, and went on to do a fellowship in the health of the public. Since then, he's been in practice for 33 years. I had a great time talking to him, and I hope you enjoy this conversation as well. So, Dr. Pacheco, how did you first get interested in medicine? Um, I think in some ways it was uh, an accident. Um, I thought I was going to be a veterinarian. I grew up on a farm, rural, northeastern New Mexico, and uh, it just uh, kind of happened. I had a, a horse riding accident, uh, had a closed head injury when I was 17, and it was really my initial uh, interaction with the medical system was uh, in the hospital at uh, St. Joseph's in Albuquerque for two weeks. And um, at that point, I thought, oh, maybe I should be a, be a people doctor instead of an animal doctor. And so uh, that's where the idea came to me, and uh, it just kind of happened after that. I went to UNM and uh, stayed there until I moved back to, to Santa Fe, uh, where my wife is from. Um, so um, it was meant to be. It was the right decision for yeah. me. Interesting. And how long have you been in practice now? So I finished my residency in 1989 and a fellowship in health of the public in 1990. Uh, so I worked at La Familia doing full spectrum family medicine, including high risk OB, uh, probably delivered over a thousand babies um, for 13 years. And then I've been here at St. Vincent, uh, a combination of administrative work as the founding director of the uh, residency program uh, Northern Mexico Family Medicine Residency Program, and then working here in Powake, um for 20 years, so uh, 33 years. Wow, long time. Yeah. Uh, in what ways have you seen medicine change from when you started to now? So uh, during medical school, just the whole idea of uh, the fee-for-service switching over to managed care, which um, a lot of people called uh, uh, not managed uh, care, but... Uh, uh, managed payment um, and so uh, it has shifted uh, dramatically from the physician having a lot more control over uh, what they ordered and what they did and what they charged to um, having a much more oversight some of which I think is very very good and very necessary uh, other just as uh, frustrating to, to have to get a uh, um, an approval for a test that you know that you need um, and just jumping through those hoops. So I think that's probably the biggest thing that has changed has been the hassle factor has really been increased dramatically. So less time with patients, more time filling out paperwork or documenting. We're on the phone getting an approval for an MRI scan and so you talk to the phone um, uh, system and then they'll connect you with a, uh, uh, with a staff person and then a nurse and then the, the doctor that needs to say, okay, yeah, you can get the MRI. And literally, this uh, can take uh, 30 to 45 minutes each time you have to do that. Mm. And you've managed to practice here in New Mexico for a long time. A lot of physicians seem to 
move away. Like every year we're losing another primary care doctor or another one's retiring. Um, is that something you've seen a lot of? Yeah, um, part of it is who we admit to medical school. Um, and as a residency director, I really focused on training people um, who were from New Mexico, if at all possible. Um, uh, uh, because there is evidence that uh, if you, uh, uh, that you're more likely to practice wherever you, uh, you lived. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I found actually is um, uh, those were our biggest successes is uh, training the residency program people that uh, were from here, but even when they came from elsewhere, the East Coast or the West Coast, if we trained them here in, um, in Santa Fe, they were much more likely to stay in Santa Fe than to practice in Albuquerque or to, to leave. Of course, a lot of people leave because of uh, family issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's to lesser extent because of the uh, um, frustrations or our disapproval of the, of the system. I think it's my determination is that uh, um, the largest uh, uh, reason is uh, because of family and personal reasons to have to move elsewhere, which is totally understandable. Okay, so it's not just about getting uh, New Mexicans into medical school, but getting them into a residency exactly. here as well. Okay. Yeah, so recruiting people who grew up and um, have ties to New Mexico, um, and people who went to medical school in New Mexico, and people that um, uh, trained, uh, did the residency training in New Mexico, uh, that's the trifecta, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, much, much more likely if we uh, focus on those, on those three aspects. Okay. And the clinic you work at here in Powake, you've got quite a few resources that uh, other clinics might not. You've got your diabetic counselor, um, you've got a psychologist who can prescribe medications, and um, a bunch of great assistants who can draw blood and get a courier. Uh, are there any things that you don't have that you wish you had? Well, it sure would be. Uh, so, so all of those uh, uh, those uh, resources that you mentioned, I think, are really key. So I congratulate you on your observation of uh, those key components to uh, uh, things that we can offer our patients. Um, if there's anything that is less uh, well served than primary care, um, it's mental health. And if there's anything that is even more underserved, it's dental health. Um, so it should be nice to have a dentist here, but that's beyond our scope. Um, I think having the, uh, the, the uh, diabetic educator is uh, really valuable. And of course, having our uh, uh, prescribing clinical psychologist is very helpful. But it sure would be nice because we're a bit removed from Santa Fe if we had some uh, specialty clinics that rotated through here so people didn't have to drive to Santa Fe um, to get uh, their uh, specialty consults. Um, that would really be nice. Uh, but, uh, you know, the reality is a bit, uh, it, I'm not sure that that's uh, financially um, rational. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the transportation is a huge issue, even though we're only 20 minutes from Santa Fe. It's still a significant barrier. Yeah. And what would that look like if specialists rotated in, like one, one dermatology clinic one day a month or yeah, something like that? Exactly. Cardiology, yeah. orthopedics, mm-hmm. nephrology, 
rheumatology. It would just uh, help. There's a lot of people that don't want to drive to Santa Fe because they're elderly. Um, so they have to get a family member to take them. Um, but they'll drive locally here, and they drive to our clinic, and they're, they're probably safe drivers. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, yeah, something along those, those lines. And is there any integration with public health workers in your office? Do you know kind of where the data goes from your patients to people who are looking at it from a, a bigger scope? That's another very, very astute observation is um, we live in two different worlds, uh, public health and, uh, and the clinical care, and they really need to be more integrated. Um, so I know that there are systems of care um, uh, resources, um, I think for the most part in our system, and it's a very good system, the Krista system is a very good system, but I think that uh, they're predominantly focused on the uh, financial um, management um, of, uh, of patients and not so much um, uh, focusing on the social determinants of health or the population-based health needs. Um, so. Uh, yeah, we see patients from room to room, and uh, we uh, are really the first um, contact with uh, with the, the uh, public health system. Um, an outbreak of uh, some kind of uh, infectious disease um, uh, could really be reported and monitored, identified a lot earlier if there was a closer um, communication line with uh, with public health. Mm -hmm. So that's something that really does need to be uh, uh, developed uh, uh, in a much more meaningful way. Right. And would it be helpful to have some kind of public health officer for each region or clinic, someone who you've met in person who's come in, you know, and really start integrating those systems together? Absolutely. I think uh, so we have, um, I do this work 80% of the time, 20% of the time I work at the university is uh, uh, in the Office for Community Health. And I direct a program, a program called the uh, Health Extension Regional Officers. And uh, so it's a uh, extension into the community uh, trying to link the resources of the Health Sciences Center to the needs of the community. And the goal is to eventually, uh, hopefully, have a health extension officer in each county that can um, really help guide um, how we um, use the resources of the Health Sciences Center to uh, to, to really address the issues um, that are uh, important to the community as opposed to what the data or the university or the uh, State Department of Health would uh, think is uh, being the uh, main priorities. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so that would be uh, that would be really ideal. Yeah, and, and you mentioned earlier a little about the um, social determinants of health, some of the root causes to health inequity here in New Mexico, what are some that you've seen impact your patients the most? Transportation is a big one. Um, health literacy is another big one. Even if they have insurance, a lot of times they don't know how to use it. Um, not understanding what their doctor has told them. Um, and so I can serve to um, sometimes uh, translate um, some of the uh, uh, recommendations that have been made by specialists. I would assume that um, I'm helping them to understand better, but I would hope that I'm not just contributing to that mm -hmm. uh, uh, lack of understanding. Um, but uh, I think uh, 
financial uh, issues, um, educational level probably relates to that health uh, literacy. Um, and uh, I think uh, the, uh, the, the issues of mental health and uh, substance abuse. Um, uh, so uh, I think those all contribute to our uh, lack of achieving the, uh, uh, the, the health status that we could achieve if we were able to uh, address some of those, uh, th those issues as it integrates with the um, clinical care of patients. Mm -hmm. And what do you think New Mexico is doing well um, in, in order to improve those social determinants of health? So I think the long-term focus on training and focusing on primary care, um, uh, and uh, I think that's really important. I think the uh, uh, focus on uh, community health, um, and the relationship between public health and uh, clinical um, uh, health status is uh, something that um, is still in need of further uh, development. Mm -hmm. What are some of the biggest challenges that you faced as a physician? Well, initially, um, when I was working at La Familia, um, it was, uh, I was taking care of people who were predominantly uninsured. So insurance is one a big, big issue. Um, the uh, care of populations, infectious disease doesn't care whether you're insured or uninsured. Um, so I think uh, managing the masses and the uh, especially communicable uh, diseases um, and the frustration with uh, just the individual care as opposed to the larger uh, community or population-based uh, care. Um, so, so I think I think the the uh, lack of insurance, lack of access, is one one issue. Also, in the rural areas, just um, the um, unavailability of uh, of services um, is a is a huge issue. We're semi-rural, not really, um, because we're close enough to Santa Fe. But as we get further out, it becomes uh, more and more of an issue. Um, but personally, I guess um, the, uh, the, the the biggest issues that I've faced have been um, knowing limitations, probably overcommitting myself. Um, I mentioned I was a residency director for 15 years while I was still actively practicing uh, a medicine and uh, spreading myself too thin, and I think. Uh, uh, oftentimes, physicians don't know how to set boundaries, um, and so from a very personal level, um, I think the uh, integration of my professional and my personal life um, has been um, less uh, than ideal because I put too much effort into my professional life, mm -hmm. and uh, I wish I would have put more um, focus on, uh, on my personal life, my family, mm -hmm. and so forth. What kept you going when you were spread too thin during those times? I think the uh, recognition that I was doing important work and also um, that um, my family understood. They supported me. And so uh, without that support, um, it wouldn't have been possible. What's something that you wish more patients were aware of in terms of receiving health care 
be it from a medical perspective or more broadly public health perspective? What's something that they often don't understand about the system or, or the care that you're providing that you wish they could? I guess if I were to pick one thing, it would be that um, that they could form a personal relationship and a trusting relationship uh, with their physician um, to help the physician understand um, the larger picture as opposed to just the, um, uh, the, the, the clinical problem that they're having, but how it relates to other um, components of their life, uh, their their uh, depression, their headaches, how they can be uh, related. Um, they're worrying about certain things, how that is related to the insomnia that they're having. Um, so I guess the development of that trust where patients would understand that um, uh, the physician really can do a much better job in helping them um, with their health uh, status um, if they um, would um, feel comfortable uh, sharing those aspects of their life that uh, they may not even see as being health related. Mm -hmm. And to turn that the other way, is that something that you think most physicians here in New Mexico understand or, or do we still need better education on that front for, for them to be able to understand that? That relationship is so important. It's given lip service in our training, mm. but you have to do it on your own to really integrate it because what do I get paid for? I get paid for the number of patients that I see, how much I charge, the number of problems that I identify. I don't get paid for um, really understanding their, rela their family relationships, their social relationships. Um, that's uh, uh, on the periphery in terms of what the system recognizes. Um, so it does get lip service uh, mm -hmm. during our training, um, but it's not integrated, I don't think, into what is really valued um, in, in terms of the uh, system rewarding that kind of understanding. Mm -hmm. So as it stands now, it's more to do with each individual physician's values and goals than it is the system recognizing that kind of Yes, I think so. Okay. Yeah. And have you ever gotten involved with uh, lobbying or legislature or anything to do with that side of things? So um, I, at one point, um, well, I was starting the residency program. Actually, yeah, I guess I had been the residency director for five years. I had just come off of a weekend on call, and um, I think I delivered nine babies that weekend. So I was up all I was up all weekend, mm -hmm. and uh, I was home with the day off uh, on Monday, and I got a phone call from the CEO of uh, St. Vincent Hospital, saying I just had a flyer come across my um, my desk uh, for this health policy fellowship program in Washington D.C. Robert Wood Johnson Health Policy Fellowship. Um, and I, I didn't know anything about it, asked him about it. He said, I think you should uh, apply for this, I'll help you. Um, and uh, so I asked him a few questions. I said, it sounds like that would be kind of disruptive to my family. Um, so uh, thank you for thinking about me, but I don't think so. And I mentioned it to my wife that night. And uh, she said, gosh, that sounds like it would be great. So we would live in Washington, D.C. for a year and you would work on Capitol Hill. I said, yeah, that's what he said. And uh, so she said, yeah, you should go for it. So I called him back the next day and, uh, 
Next thing we knew, uh, nine months later, we were moving to Washington, D.C. Uh, for me to do a health policy a fellowship on Capitol Hill. Um, came back after that just phenomenal experience and uh, uh, ultimately back to the residency director position. And I started a, um, a, a uh, advocacy and uh, health policy rotation for the residents uh, in the program. Mm -hmm. And they spent an entire month during the legislature at the Roundhouse. Um, and, uh, and so it was part of my goal to help improve the engagement of physicians family physicians specifically in this case, um, um, with the legislative process and how important of an advocacy role they should be playing. Um, so uh, I would like to, like to think that uh, that will have an influence over the, over the years mm -hmm. um, because I think it's incredibly important. Is that still part of the curriculum? Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I left the residency program now 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's still a, uh, a month-long rotation. Uh, the uh, other residency programs, including the uh, main UNM program, has since um, established a, um, a legislative um, uh, rotation and experience for their residents in Albuquerque. We had the advantage of being in Santa Fe, where the legislature is. Uh -huh. um, so it uh, is kind of a spread to other, other residency programs throughout the state. That's great. I had no idea that was yeah. part of the curriculum. Yeah. And I, I think it's one of the favorite favorite months for some of the people mm -hmm. and other people are saying, I came to, you know, be a doctor, not to be a lobbyist. Right. Um, and so, so not everyone likes it, but some people really get into it. And we've had some incredible successes with uh, uh, residents advocating for, for certain policies and learn, just learning how to interact with their, uh, with their representatives and senators. Uh, which most of us never learn how to do. That's great. Yeah. And just to end on a positive note here, um, what's your favorite part about practicing medicine, and uh, would you do it all over again if you had the chance? So the relationships uh, that I'm privileged to establish with uh, my patients, um, that's definitely the most uh, rewarding. Um, I would do it again in a heartbeat.